taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? Hey everyone and welcome to Rich Take on Sports. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. This is episode number 11, and I'm excited this week as all of us know that the summer is starting to heat up and maybe not from a direct competition standpoint as baseball is really the only major team sport in action But there's been plenty of off-season moves already starting to happen. And, of course, I'm referring to the NBA with some significant trades happening, Phil Jackson moving on, and also the NBA draft just wrapped up. And the common theme there is the word youth. Also, in this episode, we'll go behind the scenes to learn more about the marketing side of athletes and what that landscape looks like in 2017 uh, with our special guest, Dan Everett, the founder of Everett Sports Marketing, commonly known as ESM. I'm always uh, on this quest of learning, and I know Dan will help provide some great insight on the landscape of that athlete marketing and really helps explain the trends, what's happening, and also helps us understand what is market activation. I know I didn't really understand the concept, and Dan does a great job of helping us with that. You'll also want to stay tuned at the end of this episode for details of an exciting giveaway that you can participate for some Deshaun Watson items. And of course, Deshaun Watson, the 12th pick of the NFL draft by the Houston Texans and former Clemson quarterback that led Clemson to its second national title this past January with an unbelievable and dramatic last second victory against the University of Alabama. So make sure you listen for those details. And as always, if you've missed any episodes, you can find them on our website, richtakeonsports.com. But the easiest way not to miss any episodes, as I've always mentioned, is just by subscribing. And you can do that via Apple Podcast, Google Play, and you can also listen through Stitcher as well. Now, I also really value any and all feedback. So I'm always striving to improve. That's one of my things that I want to be able to do is, again, improve and provide content that you want to listen to. And so please reach out and connect. You can always email me, richmond at richtakeonsports.com, and also follow us on Twitter at richtakesports. Now let's continue with this episode and our guest, Dan Everett, in the Rich Spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. Our guest this week in episode number 11 is Dan Everett, founder of Everett Sports Marketing. Dan founded ESM eight years ago and is headquartered in Greenville, South Carolina, where he and his wife, Rachel, have built a sports marketing company that specializes in maximizing their clients marketing through endorsements appearances licensing and media dan and esm dedicate their time through a trio of marketing aspects for their clients and 
That's through football representation, golf representation, and their signature ESM football camps. Now, Rachel focuses on golf by representing LPGA players such as Austin Ernst and Allie McDonald, and Dan focuses on the football side. And during that focus, he's working with current and future NFL players, and Dan and his team connect companies and brands with their clients, and ESM puts focus on endorsements through various opportunities with commercials, radio, print ads, and social media campaigns. Now, Dan has also built one of the most recognizable and successful youth football camps in the country, which focuses on football as well as role modeling and leadership. And this type of unique structure allows the star player hosting the camp to coach each participant individually and by partnering with corporate sponsors, they're also able to provide camp scholarship. Dan prides his team on having ESM being personally and solely dedicated to maximizing their athletes' marketing, and they've worked with such clients in the past as Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Allen, Connor Shaw, Malcolm Mitchell, Garrick Dieter, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Knight, Ben Bulware, Ardarius Stewart, Artavia Scott, and many others. So here's Dan Everett in the Rich Spotlight. Dan, thanks for being in studio today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Richmond. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm really excited to be able to learn about your journey, learn about the impact of sports in your life. So let's just jump right into it and tell me about your childhood and growing up in sports and how it became important for you. Absolutely. I um, I grew up in southwest Georgia in a little town called Buena Vista, right outside of Columbus. Uh, my dad was a chicken farmer and my mom and grandmother ran a local floral shop. And we were huge fans, especially of baseball growing up, I guess because of TBS and the Atlanta Braves having the regional coverage you would get to see almost every single game. So really early childhood, I was a much stronger baseball fan than I was football. And as I got older, maybe into the teenage and college years, I guess I became a big fan of the University of Georgia, their okay. football program. So it was really started with collegiate football and got a passion, I guess, as I got older and matured, I like the speed of the sport of football more than I did baseball. And yeah. probably I can see that 16 games most of the time versus 162. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you look forward to it more. It makes every one of those seem very, very special. I remember uh, growing up, I didn't go to my first major league baseball game. This is early childhood until I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And I remember at that point in my life, when we went to to the old Atlanta Braves stadium. This is before Turner Field, Fulton yeah. County Stadium. Fulton County, that's right. I've been we there. Fulton County Stadium. I think I went with a local 4-H club, <laughs> and we had, you know, complete nosebleed seats. And I guess from the age of four years old, maybe to this point, which was six or seven years later, being 10 or 11 years old, I'd become such a fan of baseball and Atlanta Braves and, and idolized those players so much that I remember being up there in the upper deck, looking down at the players before the game and not really – believing those were really the players that I saw on TV. So <laughs> when you look at, you know, what, what I do for a living today and also yeah. where it came from, you know, such rural Southwest Georgia, it was it's kind of a unique journey. Now, did you play a lot of sports growing up? Um, played a lot of baseball. Okay. And then casually played golf and tennis. Did you continue playing in high school, playing baseball? And was that kind of your passion? Yeah. It sure was. And then um, I tried so on a small time collegiately, but really in, when I went to college, my parents taught me a lot for accountability and, and using my education would get me to where I wanted to be. So I think throughout high school, um, I was a very successful student and that carried over to college and where I put my full focus into academics and studied actually chemistry and physics. So 
Now, what was the thought process of chemistry and physics? Yeah, I think growing up on the farm, maybe in my younger years, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And by okay. the time I got to college, I wanted to be an optometrist. So wow. I was pre-optometry. If you looked at the classes I needed to take to get into some of the premier optometry schools across the nation, it was really a chemistry major okay. for George Southwestern where I went. And then taking some additional physics classes that would help me meet all the prerequisites. So then how did you diverge off of the, that pathway and get into sports marketing? No, great question. I, um, I, there was a girl from America, Georgia, where I went to college. And at the time, she was dating a football player at UGA. And of course, you know, growing up, like I said, my yeah. late teenage years and early college was a huge fan of, of Athens and wow. of University of Georgia. So it's easy I, to follow them. It was. <laughs> it was. And it was a lot of success then. I mean, these are yes. like, you know, 2002, they won the SC Championship. So you know, that's the year I graduated high school. In 2005, they won it again with DJ Shockley there. So yeah. the program was having a lot of success. This is Mark Rick, who just began his tenure there. And um, I wanted to go you know, from Univista, Georgia, to America, Georgia, which is another small yeah. southwest Georgia town. It was very appealing to, to get out of there a little bit and go to University of Georgia. So I actually went as a transient student okay. for two summers and spent some time there. And back to the original story, the girl from, from the town in America was dating a player on the team. And um, so I got to be, when I got to Athens, she was almost the only person I knew. And, and as we got closer, I got to be very close to her boyfriend at the time, which was Danny Ware. And he was a running back for Georgia and yes. went on to, to play in the NFL for yeah. several different teams and, and win two Super Bowls with the New York Giants. I think that friendship kind of led to led to some relationships that really started the memorabilia side, which was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Before it became real, real popular. Correct. Yeah. And so with that, talking about the memorabilia side, I know you founded uh, uh, Sikkim uh, Dog Signatures. Was that the genesis, you know, being with Danny Ware and those relationships I do, that you met? I do think that was really important. I think, you know, we started Sikkim Dog Signatures 2007, 2008. Okay. Just right after I had graduated yeah. college and, and similar that was about the time Danny and them came out. So actually the first event we ever did was a public autograph signing at the Mall of Georgia in Buford, Georgia. Danny Ware and Des Williams and their high school teammates, Kenny and David Irons, came out of Georgia and Auburn. And that, you know, a year after I was done with my bachelor's degree. Okay. And that really kickstarted it all. And then from there, walk us through the journey of what those next few years were like. Now you're diving fully into the memorabilia side of sports no yeah we um the second always had a very it was primarily university of georgia memorabilia okay. we ventured out a little bit but not yeah. too much at the same time i decided i got offered an opportunity to do um electrical engineering at a company called power partners in athens georgia and this was right after i spent two summers there and finished my bachelor's degree yeah. and and I took that opportunity. I think I don't think I was really qualified for the job fresh out of George <laughs> Southwestern, but I think I did quite well, I would say, in the Somebody gave you process. a chance. They gave me a chance. Yes. So I moved to Athens. And um, I guess, you know, you're looking at 2006, 2007 again. And this is when I moved to Athens. And I have this relationship with some of the players who are now seniors or, or leaving early for yeah. the draft. And, and I thought that there was an opportunity there. To, so it was a side business, really, for the first couple of years. And at the same time, I was doing, you know, working at Power Partners there in Athens. And uh, one thing led to another. And, you know, the memorabilia side for three or four years was very significant and it grew. And was it just you? It was me and Des Williams was a partner yeah, okay. for a while. The Got former it. fullback who yep. still helps us tremendously. He works a lot still with ESM on the campsite. Okay. Huge fan of Des. Um, and what we did, you know, I, I decided that 
what happened, we did do a signing and then one thing led to another and we started doing the camps. And of course, at this point in time, they aren't quite the camps that they are today. <laughs> Got it. So we were, my, by then we were targeting players who, who played in the NFL and their careers are winding down or, or maybe they were over. And um, so it was much less high profile athletes than many of our camps that you would see today. Okay. And between the camps and then doing the autograph signings, both public and private, we would get, it seemed like these players who were in the tail end of their career or they were finished in the, in the league, people would hear about us and see the events we were doing with them. So we would be bringing them side opportunities, basically third-party marketing. Okay, yeah. So, you know, a company, would, car dealership would call us and say, hey, I see you're doing a camp with so-and-so. Would, could I work through you to have them come into my dealership and do an in-dealership in appearance and pay them X amount of dollars? As that grew and grew and, and time moved on, we realized we were probably providing them many more opportunities yeah. than their contract agent were. And a lot of times the contract agency who handled the marketing in-house had turned the page on that athlete. Okay. They moved on to to a different draft class. So I always say on the when you get to the marketing representation side and really the core of what ESM is, we really started by representing players. No one else really were were representing. Okay. And again, so just to clarify, you're representing more on the marketing side. It's not you're not an agent uh, from a you know contract perspective. Uh, you know, like a typical lawyer that would be a sports agent. Is that correct? You're exactly right on the football okay. side. On the football side, we are the marketing represent, representative for yep. each player. Okay. As, and we have we are on the MRN, the marketing representation notice with the NFLPA. So we for the we negotiate all of the endorsements, appearances, and media. That being said, every player we represent has a contract agent. Okay. And um, that contract agent would negotiate a contract with the individual NFL team. One, the only difference in that is my wife Rachel runs our golf division. For the two LPGA yeah. players she represents, she serves as both their marketing agent and their agent. As you're doing the memorabilia and you start these camps, and I want to get into the camps in just a minute, but when was it that I'm letting go of this other job, this is going to be full-time gig? Mm-hmm. When did that happen? You know, we how did some, that happen? We had some players early on that took some leaps of faith. I think you know, a lot of people who, who maybe have similar positions to myself usually went into a large firm, worked there for okay. five to 10 years, and then left and started their own business. From us, we, we did it, in my opinion, from, from most of the people I've talked to and learned from, very unconventionally, literally from the ground up. Um, you know, I think the, the big turning point where, where, you know, engineering was in the rearview mirror and it okay. was all focusing on ESM and growing the brand and growing now what is no longer memorabilia, it's just the rep player representation yeah. at the campsite was the year when we were blessed with the opportunity to represent both Connor Shaw and Aaron Murray. That was a tremendous uh, year for us. It was the year that, um, you know, both those players had tremendous careers. Yes. You had South Carolina's all-time winningest quarterback, and in the same draft class, we were able to, to do um, Aaron Murray, who, who set three or four SEC records That's in his right. time at the University of Georgia. How was that process of getting Connor Shaw and Aaron Murray to take that leap of faith. Walk us through that, because I know that was not easy. No, no, you're right. And looking back, I do think that ESM is special for a couple of reasons. And one of the main reasons is contract agencies who handle marketing in-house, for the most part, do not give the players the effort and attention they deserve to really maximize the market. And, And this is not the industry as a whole, but a very large percentage of it, you know, you have the agents who, who are running the firm 
And a lot of times the newer employees or sometimes a lot of times college interns are handling the marketing for these players. And for these players, in, you know, certain skill position players in each draft class, if handled properly, the marketing can almost be as lucrative as the money they make per year off their NFL contract. So having someone completely focused on your marketing, but then also someone with the experience, because, you know, we always see the experience is so important because really what I always tell players when I'm in a recruiting meeting with them is, is yes, I work for you, but almost as much as I'm going to work for you and honor our relationship, we're going to honor our commitment to the brand that we negotiate endorsement deals with. Because this is the second year in a row, a great example. And we have a client, um, we have a client who's doing uh, draft activation, Jonathan Allen with okay. Procter & Gamble. Okay. He's actually going to be doing it with at least one, maybe two brands. And last year we negotiated the same thing for Ezekiel Elliott. That being said, player, if, if players, you know, there has to be accountability because as, as, as much as I represent Jonathan and negotiate this on his behalf, and Jonathan is a great ambassador for these brands and he's, he's a dream yeah. client. So it's actually a good example. I have to trust that imagine. Jonathan is going to fulfill the responsibilities that he's agreed to. Because if Jonathan doesn't, and next year I am blessed again with an opportunity to represent a player who's, who's a top draft pick and, and go back to the NFL draft again, when I go back to Procter & Gamble and try to negotiate an endorsement deal with one of their brands and for my clients, it's going to be a reflection of me. So when did you come to the decision that, okay, I'm going to start this you know, ESM, which is Everett Sports Marketing, mm-hmm. and solely focus on that and you know, step away from the memorabilia, um, or at least that's not a focal point of, you know, what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're a three-headed monster as ESM right, right okay. now. I mean, kind of, if you look yeah, at there that. are other marketing firms, but really it gets a little confusing. Um, you know, we have the golf representation. Yep. Uh, we have the football representation, which is primarily just marketing representation for the NFL players we represent. And then we have the ESM camps. And, uh, you know, I constantly get asked, hey, Dan, are you interested in basketball player? Hey, yeah, Dan, I was going to ask you, you that. Know, Crossfitters, even yes. I mean, any Olympians, yeah, you know, would course. you guys do the marketing representation for them? And you're right. Half of the relationships we have on the corporate level with these national brands could probably translate well for those other athletes. But half doesn't. To be world class at the three at the golf representation, the football representation, the ESM camps, if we can be world-class at those three things, there's no limitations to what we can okay. accomplish. At, at a certain point, you have to look. And for ESM, we wanted to put our focus on being the best that we possibly could be, but to be very focused in what we're going to be the best at. Because the more we spread ourselves out, the less likely we are to have every relationship we need yes. with every brand that uses a golfer or an NFL player for a marketing activation and we're going to miss deals for clients. And my goal is to be able to look this year's clients, last year's clients, and next year's clients in the eye and know that we have every relationship that is out there. Because this is, we eat, sleep, and breathe That's right. sports marketing. If a company is doing an activation, we are searching the earth for it to make sure we don't miss anything. And if we do miss one and we see another athlete doing it, to establish a relationship with that brand so as soon as possible, either our current or future clients can have an opportunity to partner too if it fits their profile. Okay. And so describe what you mean by activation. Okay. An activation, uh, that is a marketing term for the beginning of an endorsement. Okay. So if I was to do a marketing activation for Bose headphones, 
I might do um, some print ads, a yeah. photo shoot for maybe website usage, and then a series of social media okay. tweets. So an activation is usually a scope of responsibilities that is part of an endorsement deal. I see. One thing I want to add to what you said is, you know, before we got on the air, you mentioned the term, you know, you guys build an athlete's brand. I think, in my opinion, that is a very cliched term. And I don't know that that's exactly what we do. What we take a lot of pride in is we want to find out what brands our clients have natural synergies with. And a great example, we'll go back to Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan, because Jonathan is one of the more interesting players we've ever represented. Jonathan is a defensive lineman who most people project to go here top five on Thursday night in Philadelphia. Jonathan's also a computer gaming expert and can tear apart and put a computer back together. And he's a defensive lineman. You just know the casual fan would never, never imagine how interesting and and deep Jonathan Allen is as a person. Okay. So when we are in those initial meetings, once Jonathan's decided to let ESM help maximize his marketing, what I want to know from Jonathan is what are your passions? Because even Jonathan, who is going to be one of the top drafts yes. this coming draft, so you know he sh- chances are he's going to be fine financially, and not a lot. In most draft picks aren't going to be in the position he's in. But that being said, Jonathan has so much foresight that. We are trying to position Jonathan with endorsement deals with brands that are such a natural fit and okay. his electronic passion. Yeah. That if his NFL career doesn't work out the way he wants it to, that we've positioned him so closely to that brand and he's been so accountable to it that one day he can have a job as an executive for that brand. Great example is right now, you know, he he's doing a activation for an endorsement deal with Bose headphones. Okay. Who he's naturally passionate for. Yeah. But at the same time. We're doing a lot of legwork on the back end with Microsoft because these are companies that that if he wasn't a football player, if he was just who he was and was an Alabama graduate student, these would be the companies he'd want to work for. I see. It just happens to be a special scenario in which he can be a player ambassador. And one day, hopefully we've done a good job on the marketing side, built that relationship so strongly that he could have a job with that company if he wanted it. Well, and obviously that laser focus that you described, that's evident what you're doing, you know, with those type of uh, activities for your clients from that perspective. And speaking of also laser focused on some other things, you'd mentioned the camps. Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners, you know, what these camps are and what your vision of the camps when you first started these camps and what they mean. No, um, ESM camps, have <laughs> they've grown as quick as the football representation okay. side. And, we're very, very proud of them. And I think that most people who have attended one of these would would talk about the experience they have for a very long time, which is important to us. So for our camps, what we do is we put on youth football camps with the top outcoming college and current NFL players. Um, we do them now all over the nation. And we are the second largest camp company in the U.S. who puts on camps with NFL players. So we put these camps on with almost all of our clients. But don't want to get it confused. We also do ESM camps with players who are non-clients. Okay. So a great example so is that. Describe that. Yeah. Yeah. Like this year we represent one of our rookies is our Tavis Scott. Yeah. Okay. Our Darius Stewart out of Alabama. Both mm-hmm. of those players we put on their youth football camps. They're our clients. Okay. Then we also this past weekend put on a camp with our third camp of the spring with Deshaun Watson yeah. in Charleston. Okay. We just went out two weeks ago to Phoenix, Arizona and put out David Johnson's camp. Oh yeah. Those, con- those are not clients. They're players that we work through their agent and uh, and put on the youth football camp. But really, they're one-day youth football camps. They're four hours long, and they're focused. We really try to make sure they're focused on football, 
but also on role modeling and leadership. So at the camp, what we take a lot of pride in is, is four hours. There's really three to three and a half hours of true football fundamental drills. And the players out there the entire time running a station where every player really gets individual attention and, and learns something from the athlete, catches okay. passes or learns better footwork, yeah. whatever, depending on the position of the athlete. Of course. At the same time, we have a great coaching staff of college and high school coaches who help us run different fundamentals. So they're okay. for all positions. And then at the end of the camp, once the player's gone through all the different stations, including spending time with the star athlete, who, who's the draw? Oh, we course, all know yes. why those we players. That. That's right. <laughs> we all know why they came to the camp. <laughs> what he does is the athlete, you know, we get all the kids, we sit them down and, and we kind of just talk, we kind of prep the, the athlete to talk about, you know, the decisions he's made that's got him to be where he is. Because, you know, these are players who are having success in the NFL or who many times are projected to be one of the top players right. in the upcoming draft class. So these are players who probably have chose good role models, who have made good grades. They yeah. had to go through college. They had to remain eligible. And, and these are players, you know, who probably had struggles too. You know, life, is, you know, life isn't always what it, we picture That's for right. every single professional athlete. So these players get to kind of share their story. And at that same time, what we want the players to share is maybe their vulnerability and also where they found strength to, to stay on the right path. And because I think a lot of these players, you know, there's young kids out there who, who maybe do not have the parental figures a guy like me had growing up. They weren't blessed with that. And they, sports is so big that they look up to these players so much and exactly. idolize them so much that they're hanging on every single word. So in that little five to seven minute spill this athlete's given at the end of a camp, you know, there's really no telling what impact that could have on one or like we talked about before we came on air, five different That's kids right. at that camp who, who just didn't have the parental didn't have parents in their lives or guardians in their life who maybe did they listen to this well That's because right. of because of that. So yeah, I think the camps are they're football intensive, but they're role model leadership, and we're really blessed. We do one thing unique, and and I really I think it means everything. But ESM uses a hundred percent of sponsorship money. So if you look at a camp yeah. graphic, it's got one or five logos on there. That's right. All that sponsorship money those sponsors put in goes a hundred percent to buying scholarships for low income and underprivileged players. So our goal is at every camp, if it's any way possible, to have half the kids at the camp be players who attended thanks to sponsorship. Because many times those players who couldn't afford that entry fee to come to that camp, this may be an experience they would have never gotten anywhere else. And that, well, like we were talking about, yeah. those players may be the ones who truly are most impacted. Also, in terms of just you know how focused you are, what's your mindset in terms of you know, the number of clients that you want to have. I mean, do you keep it, you know, to a smaller knit type of, you know, family oriented type thing, or are you just trying to grow at a certain pace? Describe that. I think, you know, ideally as, and it's something that we have to monitor. Like right now, of course, you know, after this draft class, we'll start turning our page yeah. to beginning the recruiting process for next year's draft of course. class. Um, for us, I've always said, all we need is 10 or 15 clients because I want everyone who represents those 10 or 15 clients on our staff to be so experienced and, and understand big picture, the same philosophy we all have. We're pairing athletes with brands that hopefully are going to last many years after their I career see, yeah, is over. Of course. And also players 
who not only know who the player activation manager is at all these brands, they have relationships with them because it means something. Players always, many players don't fulfill their obligations, don't fulfill their responsibilities. And to be able to have relationships with these player activation managers where you're texting on a weekly basis and you and they trust that if a player lets them down, you're, maybe your player isn't the ideal fit, but you, you have a relationship and, and another athlete does let that brand down. And that brand knows without a shadow of a doubt that ESM is going to be available any time of the day. And they're going to be able to get you quick answers with accountable players who match the, who match yeah. what we value the most as well. Then we're able a lot of times to get deals for our guys because we're the first call. Because yep. they know that they're going to do what they say they're going to do, and we're going to help help hold them accountable. And now let's do a little compare and contrast. Um, we talked about this earlier, just in terms of the transformation or evolution that has occurred with the athlete representation from a branding perspective, marketing, you know, the social media taking hold. Because it's completely different than it was in the. 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Describe what you've seen since you've been involved with that, and what do you foresee in the future? How the, you know marketing is going forward for athletes? And and you're not, and we're not even really talking about PR. No, that's we're not right. Talking about Good the media. Point. It goes hand in hand with two things. You know, the growth of social media is astounding. Yes, I mean, you know, it, we have to every day pay attention to try to keep <laughs> up with it. You also have. I do think that college. And NFL popularity continues to grow every year. Yes. And in my position, I hope that never stops. That's right. (laughs) Of course. But what you have, I feel that those two sports are becoming so far ahead popularity-wise than other sports in the nation that it's causing brands and companies more and more often to realize the platform these guys have and the visibility they have can help that brand grow if the partnership is strategic. So I think that you're going to constantly see more and more brands using NFL players, not only because of, you know, so many brands right now, I've, you know, we had, we we're blessed with seven rookies in this class and we're negotiating endorsement deals every week for these guys. Wow. These are players who've never played in the NFL. Let's remember that because what that tells you is the popularity of the college game is so strong now where you, you know, like Deshaun Watson, whose camp yes. we just did this Saturday. You know, I think some people could probably argue, and they're probably right, that Deshaun Watson right now, before he ever steps onto an NFL football field, is probably more popular than 10 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. The sport is taken off. And then you look at, you know, content's interesting. So, you know, 10 years ago, all we did in my job when I first started was players in print ads. Players in newspaper ads, okay. player in magazine ads, yeah. players in television commercials. Now, when I'm talking to brands, all the brands want to talk about is how can we utilize this player in this promotion to get the content we want without having to buy the ad space. Uh, so I don't want to buy the picture in your yeah. Fortune 500 magazine, and I don't want to pay $15,000 for that 30-second commercial clip because now we can utilize social media platforms. And with, with really, and I, and I see that in something I always recommend with the companies is, you know, make an ad that stands out because make something that's funny, make something that's different. Don't, you know, don't be a copycat because the real, when you've really succeeded from the brand standpoint is when you use an athlete for an activation, you don't have to pay very much or any yeah. for the ad space and the commercial or ad goes viral. 
that wasn't possible 10 years ago. And if you really do the analytics behind it, I mean, you can have, you know, you're paying a lot of times you're paying more for the ad space than you are for the athlete's appearance fee or, or activation fee. So now you take out the ad fee and you have a really good ad agency or a really good, just someone who has creative and humorous, because that's what people love, of course. ideas that's that right. also, you know, that fit into what that athlete's personality is or passions or, or his talent off the football field. And then you have an ad that goes viral that you spent pennies on the dollars for versus what you had to do 10 years ago is virtually impossible, especially if you're a smaller company. Yeah. You could never get that kind of visibility from an ad. That's how it's changed, in my opinion. And what about just from a perspective of the old traditional, especially in football, the athletes that got the attention, it was somebody on offense. It was the running back. It was the quarterback or wide receiver, you know, at, at best. But now it seems like there is a transition where defensive guys, the Jonathan Allens, you know, they're getting much more exposure. Um, have you seen that to be true as well? And how, how has that come about? No, I mean, I think you look at, you know, J.J. Watt and Richard Sherman over the last five years from the marketing standpoint, you know, those guys have, have opened doors and opened eyes yeah. for a lot of brands. And, and that arguably Jonathan's the first um, high profile defensive player that we've represented. And we're going into this draft with four national endorsement deals for him. So I do think that it has a lot to do with kind of what we've said, you know, these brands is, is, is I'm evolving and players are evolving. Look at their, their social media platforms. That's nowadays. right. Well, I think these brands are evolving. I think the brands are saying, you know, Definitely look at is. the success we've had. And, and a guy who's, who's going to get to the quarterback or a guy who's going to make the pick is, you know, you, he's good for promotion. Yeah. And, and truthfully, you know, you, as you have more and more people following the sport, you have more and more people that maybe just aren't always the most offensive minded. You know, as, as your following grows, it's going to be more diverse. That's right. And with that, I think people are respecting the defensive side of the ball more too. Okay. Interesting little clip. If you look at apparel brands, is where you know we're deep into our apparel discussions with our rookie class and okay. getting those deals done. The they have there's been a over the same time period you and I are discussing apparel brands really are spending a lot of time and money signing cornerbacks and wide receivers, cornerbacks and wide receivers. That's not to say they're not doing all the other positions, yeah. but more so than in the past. Those probably have been the strongest growth. And the reason is, one of the biggest reasons is, is replays. Because if you look at most of the replays in the end zone catches or, or running back okay. doing, a, doing a tiptoe into the end zone, and over and over again, while those refs have to go under the camera to figure this out for the next 15 minutes, they're going to show over and over a sideline catch or a toe where a toe's being dragged, and you're seeing over and over that cleat. Adidas, Under Armour, yes. Nike are getting ad space and content without, excuse me, with content without having to buy the ad space. And that's what they're all trying to, that's what everyone's trying to do in the, in the brand world today. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And so uh, this is just a funny question. How often do you have some of the athletes request or ask you, hey, Dan, can you get a deal with this company? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I probably have one while we're sitting here. Is that right? <laughs> no, I do think that, I think, you know, one thing we do, if we're, if we're going in and we're targeting a player to recruit him, I would, I always try to make it a priority within the first five minutes of discussion to say, if you don't care about the off the field stuff, if you don't want to be an ambassador for brands, and if you don't want to grow a relationship with a brand that one day, one day may become a job for you. Yeah, of course. You know, if this, if making, yes 
you know, a significant amount of money off the field is not important to you. And there's nothing against it because some of the best NFL players, you don't see them in a lot of ads. It's just something, it doesn't fit their personality. So it's not I that, can see that. that I, I would ever, you know, just some of those are the best people I know, but that's just not a priority for them. We go in and in an early on in a recruiting meeting, I want players who want to maximize the marketing. I want players who don't know how long their career is going to be. And they want to know, number one, they can make a significant amount of money off the field if handled properly. And number two, they're willing to be accountable and they want to be ambassadors for brands and brands they're passionate about that one day they may want to have a larger scale relationship. So that being said, to answer your question, when those, when we are blessed to sign these guys, yeah. they're hungry guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe they blow me up. Right. I actually have two rookies that come to my mind, the seven this year that have apologized for being so aggressive in, in hitting me up with ideas. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, I was about to say, I you follow up like on that. every single one of them. And yep. you know what? Those guys are going to be accountable. Those guys are going to be yeah, on time. Right. They're going to be respectful. And they're going to be dream clients, not only for me, but for the brand that they have a relationship with. Well, Dan, I think your world is fascinating. Uh, and I've learned a lot. And just, you know, as we're winding things down here, just from obviously you had a different path into sports and, you know, obviously growing up, I mean, you played and all of that, but into this marketing aspect of it, what have you learned in the impact of sports in your life to date? That's a hard question. That's a great question. I think that, I think that athletes, especially through, you know, a lot of times when you're doing the marketing, you're not only are we doing, you know, we keep talking about endorsements, but you're doing autograph signings and you're doing corporate meet and greets and you're doing speaking engagements and you're doing the camp. So you're interacting with people who maybe a lot of times unfairly put you on a pedestal. A lot of times fans look at athletes like they could do no wrong. When a lot of times they're normal people, just like you and I are, Richmond. And as many good things as we do, we probably have some things we need to improve upon. Oh, you better believe it. I know I do. Having a player understand their platform early on in their career and to be appreciative and to have a sense of giving back, um, you know, doing, you know, going into these appearances, going to these endorsements, going into the PR, going into the charity and philanthropic, which I could talk about for another hour, but realizing you know, God's blessed them with a tremendous platform and they can use it one or two ways or not use it at all. And life's short and most NFL careers are short. That's right. You know, and it, it, like you, you with the going back to the camp and the little talk at the end and what those sponsorships, scholarships do, you know, these athletes constantly have an opportunity to make an impact that they probably cannot realize. And if I can do my little part to help them realize early on in their career that to appreciate it, Oh, one thing I, I try to say is, you know, right now is, is they're finishing their college career, their NFL career. You know, you guys are, are scoring touchdowns in front of 50 to 100,000 screaming fans that are going berserk because of you. One day that's not going to be there. And one day I hear retired players look back and say, I can't believe that was me. Like, yeah. I don't even remember that moment. I have, I, pr I promise you, I hear wow. that every month. I don't, fans will ask, players, what did it feel like when you scored that touchdown? And yeah. the player, or when you recovered that sack fumble and the athlete will answer back, I don't remember. So what I say is, you know, next time you play, take it all in because you're living a life that a large percentage of those people and those fans would give their left arm just to have one moment of their life be as surreal as what you were doing almost every Saturday and Sunday. So I just, you know, I, I challenge these young men to slow down, to take it all in, and to hopefully want to have a sense of giving back and want to have a sense of appreciation to the fans who are out there. 
And if they have that, they're going to be successful post-career as well. I agree with you 100%. And that was a, a lot of wisdom right there. Uh, but I am going to put you on the spot for one last question. I ask everybody just to share some words of wisdom, a phrase, a quote, or anything else that has meant a lot to you that has helped motivate you or just kind of guide you, you know, through your life and career. Mine's simple. I feel like in, in most businesses and certainly in ours, the two principles that I want everyone on our team to really at the end of the day, was I these two things? Was I proactive and was I accountable? In business, if you can be proactive and you can be accountable for all that you do, those two traits can lead to a lot of success. There's no question about that. Well, Dan, I thank you for your time. Again, learned a lot today. And what's the best way uh, people can follow you and find out more about uh, your camps? Hey, it's 2017, so you know we're social media savvy. That's right. Ever Sports Marketing, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Fantastic. Well, Dan, thank you again, and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you, Richard. Well, I know I learned some things from Dan there, and I hope you did as well. And the one thing that I did learn, how crazy is that story? Seriously, a chicken farmer. Now, I probably should have asked him more questions about what it's like to be a chicken farmer or growing up as a chicken farmer. But in all seriousness, you know, Dan's story is fascinating. Just from the fact that here's a guy that literally grows up on a chicken farm in rural southwest Georgia. And then in 2017, he's all of a sudden in Philadelphia at the NFL draft. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, and I know it didn't happen by accident. And I love his words of wisdom, proactive and accountability. Without a doubt, one of the biggest reasons people fail or don't reach their goal is because they become passive rather than staying proactive. And I've also been very fortunate to partner with Dan on some of his camps, and I'm telling you, they are first class, very well organized, and Dan is extremely hands-on, making sure everyone is fully engaged, and if you haven't had an opportunity to check them out, you definitely should, and you can find out more information on their website, everettsm.com. And I'm also, you know, really fascinated by how the landscape of athlete marketing has changed over the years and the huge impact that social media has. And, you know, I've also realized that gone are the days of just having one agent and relying on that agent for contract support and also for identifying any type of marketing opportunities. It's really become specialized. And I think that's what Dan and them are trying to do. And, you know, it's really no different than just having the right tools for a particular job. You know, all in one tools, they're great at times and they can be effective, but just not as effective as a specialized tool for a certain job. Again, it might get the job done, but just not to the same type of level as a dedicated tool. And, you know, what I've also learned, though, is especially around the house, some of those jobs, I don't have the right tools, I don't have the time, and I don't have the expertise. I often tell my wife, that's a job for my checkbook. Just I'd rather pay somebody with all of those other things to get the job done right. And again, it's no doubt that Dan and his team at ESM are trying to be those experts. And I really do hope you enjoyed that interview and learning a little bit more about the marketing side of professional athletes. Now let's see what's happening in the latest news. More than just scores. More than just scores. It's time to take on the rich headlines. 
All right, this week it's all about the NBA. Sorry, Aaron Judge, and your hot run right now in baseball, but we'll come back to you later in the summer. The 2017 NBA draft is now complete, and the youth movement continues with 16 freshmen being selected in the first round, which is absolutely unprecedented. Markel Foltz goes number one to Philadelphia, while Alonzo Ball heads to the Lakers thanks to his dad, and Jason Tatum number three as the Celtics pick, and Josh Jackson goes number four to Phoenix, and rounding out the top five is De'Aaron Fox to Sacramento. Now the Lakers, you missed out on taking De'Aaron Fox, and I'm telling you, I think he's going to be a serious contender for Rookie of the Year. And the one player that I truly believe has the most unlimited potential, and that is Zach Collins from Gonzaga, who went number 10 with Sacramento, but then was quickly traded to Portland. Watch out for him. Now, as free agency approaches in the NBA, the big news from Los Angeles was the blockbuster trade with the LA Clippers sending Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets for seven players and a future draft pick. Everyone is obviously chasing the Warriors and trying to build this super team, and it's going to be very interesting to see how Chris Paul and James Harden actually play together. You know, one of the unique things about the Warriors is they have all of this talent, but it's really not a duplication of talent. And what I mean by that is that their team chemistry is built on the foundation of these complementary players that fit together And now in Houston, you're going to have these two superstars really competing for the same position. And I know it'll take some weight off of the shoulders of James Harden and and it'll help him, you know, as the season progresses to stay healthy and not have to be such the workhorse. But the other factor in all of this is what other players is Houston going to be bringing in? Good grief, they just gave up half of their team with seven players in that trade just for one player, Chris Paul. I know he's a superstar, but it's going to be interesting to see who they surround themselves with. So keep your eye on that one. And then finally, the end of the Phil Jackson era in the NBA in so many ways as the Knicks team owner, James Dolan, finally decides to part ways with Phil. And, you know, Phil was supposed to resurrect the Knicks, and it just didn't happen. And, you know, and I just recently interviewed Ryan Hawk, who's the host of the Learning Leader Show podcast, in which I'm really looking forward to releasing that real soon. Make sure you catch that. But one of the first traits that he has seen after he's interviewed so many different people and these leaders is that these leaders have sustained excellence, and one of the key traits is their humility. And their humility has allowed them to strive to continue to learn and adapt. And I always thought Phil was a master of that, but it just looks like his ego got in the way and he just didn't see the landscape of the NBA that it's changing and he just refused to change. And, you know, the Knicks are still completely dysfunctional with James Dolan running things, but at least this was a step in the right direction because, again, the NBA is changing. Just look at the draft. It is all about the youth, and it's not going to be any different, especially if the one-and-done rule stays in place. And I would be drafting freshmen as well if I was a general manager. Why not? Younger means they're going to play longer. If there's equal talent with a senior and a freshman, you know, unless there's some significant character flaw with a freshman, 
I'm taking the freshman every time. You know, it's just more playing time over a, that person's career. Now, LeBron's going to break many NBA records just simply because he gets to play three or four more years than many of these other guys. I mean, we're talking like over 300 more games, and that's a lot. Now, if the majority of these freshmen, they are busts or something, then maybe the GMs will think twice, but I really don't see that happening. All right, this episode is coming to a close, so let's hear this week's words of wisdom. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Let's explore the weekly words of wisdom. This week's words of wisdom continue on the theme we heard from Dan Everett, founder of Everett Sports Marketing, and that's about being proactive. This quote is attributed to Abraham Lincoln, who we all know is a master of words. However, there has been some controversy if he actually said or wrote these words, but for me, I'm going with President Lincoln here. All right, he says, Things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. And those simple words just reiterate the importance of being proactive and not falling into the trap of passivity. So let's all be proactive this week as we continue the grind and just moving forward. Now, as we finish up this episode, I did want to share with everyone the exciting news for our giveaway. And if you're a fan of Deshaun Watson, who definitely exemplifies someone that has been proactive throughout his life, then you're going to be excited as well. We're giving away three authentic signed prints of Deshaun Watson, thanks to Dan Everett and ESM. Now, the rules are very simple for this giveaway. All you have to do is do this. Follow us on Twitter, at Rich Take Sports, and then retweet the pinned tweet on our Twitter page. It's that simple. Just follow us on Twitter, at Rich Take Sports, and retweet the pinned tweet on our Twitter page. Now, by doing that, you'll be entered into the drawing for one of those signed prints, and it couldn't be any easier, as I mentioned. And then next week, we'll announce the three winners. I'll be sending out reminders about the rules, so check the various social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can also find information on our website, richtakeonsports.com as well. So thanks for listening. Focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.